It's the Bill King Show. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Go get it, dog. I'm a man. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. I is sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's the Bill King Show. Call or text now. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Call us or send us a text on the WNSR text line. 615-844-5600. 615-844-5600. Call or text. Same number. Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel. Fifth Avenue, downtown. Hot Rock. That's what we call a sack lunch. I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Lust is with us. You've heard him on this show before in the past. We need somebody with legal expertise here. If I started law school tomorrow, it'd be my first day. I have no legal expertise other than I know college football in and out. Dan, always good to have you here. Is this Tennessee slash Virginia lawsuit against the NCAA, perhaps a come-to-Jesus moment for this governing institution. I think so, and, and Bill, pleasure to join you. I mean, this, this lawsuit has been sitting out there for the taking for really any school that wanted it in our legal space, those uh, that spent uh, exorbitant amounts of sums going to law school, some of which regret it, some of which do not. We, we have all kind of said who is going to be the one to take it. Um, and really these past three weeks, as you've seen, we have the Florida State punishment, news of Florida's investigation going public, and now Tennessee. Um, I think we all expected it to be a power five, but I, I thought this would have happened uh, you know, maybe a year or two ago. But we are here nonetheless, and I, and I do think this is a very pivotal moment for the NCAA's power. If you're handicapping... Which side has the best chance in this case, Tennessee and maybe other schools or or states that join with them or the NCAA? Well, it's interesting, right? The the actual case is a declaratory judgment case. It's just basically saying they want a court to declare what the NCAA is doing is illegal. Now, that's kind of piece one. That could take a year or so. The the more interesting battle, and to your question, is this – kind of interim relief. They're looking for a temporary restraining order, an injunction, and that ruling, if they get that, would basically deem null and void the NCA's NIL power in those particular states. So in order to get a TRO, temporary restraining order, and injunction, you need to show some type of irreparable harm that would result. So the, my only concern with that, this kind of interim relief, the one that, you know, the real big player here to kind of stop these things in their tracks, is that there is, at least as of today, right, no punishment that's been enforced on Tennessee, uh, and no punishment as far as I'm aware of any school in Virginia. So w- we would say in the law, these lawsuits might not be ripe uh, 
It's not to say that Tennessee won't be punished. It's not to say that by the end of this lawsuit there might not be some enforcement. But it is. it may be too early in the process to say the harm that will result from what is an investigation. And the TRO, how long does that take to get done? Um, I think the date that they're looking at is February 6th. Uh, oh. so that's about a week or two. That's okay. really a quick turnaround. But, you know, at the end of the case, they're looking for this, um, you know, this declaratory judgment. But they want this TRO, this temporary restraining order, to remain in place for a period of time, sometimes all the way until the end of the case. But um, we'll see if that's, uh, that's here. But I will say, independent of this, you know, what's going on in, in the Eastern District of Tennessee where this case is filed, the last time we saw a lawsuit like this, it's still ongoing, it's that West Virginia transfer case, the NCA turned around and across the board said that they were applying you know, the impacts of this transfer rule to really all of its member schools. So we haven't really seen the NCA's response to that. Um, but yeah, this, this case certainly has ramifications beyond the, the confines of, of the state of Tennessee. Don D. Plowman, the chancellor at Tennessee, wrote a scathing letter to the NCAA, it's public, basically the double middle finger at them, was that a good tactical move or not? Well, I mean, it got the Tennessee AG to file a lawsuit within 24 hours. So in right. terms of mobility, yeah, I mean, I can tell you it's a good move. I, I will say just kind of on the outside, I, I don't recall a situation where this uh, attorney general has mobilized this quickly within 24 hours of news of the investigation um, to really get behind a school. I, I, you know, my understanding, just from what's been publicly reported, that the AG's office might have been somewhat aware of the Jeremy Pruitt situation when the NCAA was knocking on the doors last time. Um, but to have this type of a complaint, a 20-page complaint ready to go, I think sends a big message. So from the chancellor's office, you had to send that message to get all the way to the Tennessee AG's office, and I, and I think it was effective. And now all of a sudden, Tennessee is at the center of the college sports world. So if the NCAA wants to give the, you know, not, not the death penalty, but really put the hammer down on Tennessee, they have to do it with the whole world watching. So um, I, I'm okay with that strategy, and I, and I think it's probably put Tennessee in a better position than they were 48 hours ago. What did you think about Tom Mars, which is the Spire Group, the collective in Knoxville, and his tweet about Nico Iamaleava and the way they went about paying him? So, full disclosure, I, I, I know Tom. I've known Tom for a couple of years. I mean, I, I think the statement's an interesting one. right? Spire Sports, if you just go on their website or if you, you kind of follow the space, they obviously have some affiliation to Tennessee. That doesn't mean that they can't get an athlete um, that doesn't matriculate to Tennessee and they get right, some, some exclusivity or some type of agency over his revenue or, or some type of share of his NIL rights. So I think that's what Tom is kind of saying. Like, we signed this contract, or Spire Sports signed this contract with Nico. We didn't require him to go to Tennessee, and this just happens to be a business that's in Tennessee. Now, do we buy that? Do we say that this is just a random business? I, I think people understand that it's – a Tennessee entity, if you go on the website, it, it looks like it. Not a true entity, but some, some type of loose affiliation. But to Tom's point, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's anything, any rule that I'm aware of that prevents a business from having, you know, different agency rights over different players, different NIL rights, and not requiring them to go to Tennessee. That's, you know, that's, uh, I, I'm not sure. I guess we'll put it this way. As of July 1st of 2021, when the NIL ever started, there was nothing on the books that, that seemingly prevented this type of conduct. 
And I think that's the other part of Tom's statement that I, a little bit of retroactivity, if that's okay, if we're comfortable with the NCAA doing that. Dan Lust, sports attorney, also law professor there in New York City, joins us on this Thursday edition. Do you think other states will join this lawsuit? This one, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I, I, I represent some schools, uh, you know, do some work over in New York. I know everyone's paying close attention to it. I think the hope is that the political capital used by UVA in Tennessee will basically force the NCAA's hand across the board, similarly to how that transfer case in West Virginia was joined by, I think, seven different state attorney generals, but it ended up having ramifications in all 50 states. So I'm not, I'm not quite sure what the benefit would be for other states to join at this point, but I don't think it's going to be the last lawsuit where an attorney general's office is involved. Um, I just there's so much you know political juice now behind this. Department of Justice has been getting involved, so I, I think it would be foolish to say that this is the last attorney general lawsuit. But I don't see a strategic reason why other states need to join this particular case. Is this the lawsuit that, if it goes against them, could break the NCAA? Um, we got so many. I mean. I, I think this is a big lawsuit. I mean, and I, we haven't talked about it, but, you know, there's this term that, that's been thrown around, and I know I've used it on your show before, this wild, wild west, yeah. that, you know, who's going to take control? Who's going to police this world of NIL? And after two, you know, almost two and a half, three years, um, the NCAA finally started to enforce this and started to reassert their power over their member schools. First time really in the era, and, you know, the pendulum quickly swings back the other way. And the NCAA now might be scared to do it. So it might break the NCAA in terms of their willingness to go after Power 5 schools. But we do have other cases out there. Um, House versus NCAA probably being at the top of that list, which seeks you know, billions of dollars in back pay on NIL. So that might quite literally break the NCAA in terms of finances. But this might break the spirit of the NCAA if they're really not allowed to have any enforcement rules when it comes to NIL. That's, that's going to be a big void that's going to have to fill by somebody. Certainly, uh, you know, people are questioning the NCAA's ability to do that. Got about two minutes. If the NCAA during this, I call it vigilante lawlessness environment we're in, meaning NCAA rules, etc., and they presided over all this, quote, lawlessness, why all of a sudden, or maybe not all of a sudden, but within the last year, decide, let's start policing again? It's a good question, and I think it's a good place to, to have this conversation. It's like, where did the NCAA come up with these rules? Well, the member schools asked them to do it. There's clearly a push. We've had over 10 now federal hearings on getting some control over this space. So... Why did the NCAA all of a sudden start to police it? Number one, Mark Emmert left office. Charlie Baker took over. Charlie Baker took over last year. I don't know what necessarily took them this long, but um, it's a fair question, right, why the member schools are getting so angry when seemingly the member schools play a role in this kind of increased enforcement era. The other part, which I think just, just so you know I'm on what side I'm on, I think it's patently unfair that the NCA is trying to turn around and punish schools for activity that occurred really in July of 2021, late 2021, early 22, when the NCAA at that point hadn't shown a, a, a willingness to want to police the NIL era. So in our fancy legal world, we would call that acquiescence. We'd say yeah, the NCAA was kind of letting this thing fly, 
And they never put on anyone on formal notice that, hey, um, all this stuff that's happening now, don't worry, we're keeping the receipts. I think it was generally, and not, not that this was a smart strategy, but understood by some in this space that the NCA was going to let some of this go uh, while there was kind of a changing of the guard. Clearly, that's not the NCA's position now. Um, but I don't think it's quite fair to all of a sudden leave town, this, as you say, this lawlessness, and disappear as a sheriff for two years, all of a sudden to come back and say, hey, we had the surveillance cameras on the whole time. We're policing you for all this stuff when you didn't think we were around. I don't think that's a, a fair way to lead. I don't think that's a just way to lead. But here we are on uh, February 2024. That seems to be what's happening. Maybe 30 seconds. Tough for me to ask you this with limited time. But in that Don D. Plowman letter to the NCA, first paragraph or at the, at the top of that letter, she said, we tried to meet with Charlie, Charlie Baker, in December, and we were denied. It was a little bit of a shot there. It was I don't really know, and maybe you don't either, what that meant other than they didn't meet, but it was almost like it was hateful. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea on that one, but uh, we'll be on that. Anyways, hey, Dan, thanks, man, very much. My pleasure, anytime. There is Dan Lost. Did you guys notice that? That was that was kind of a hateful. It was that was when she started. She she pulled out the weapons at that point. All right, J.C. Sherbert. As we continue, let's get it. Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning. Still a lot of traffic volume trying to get in from Murfreesboro, Rutherford County on uh, 24 westbound as you make your way uh, through the Hickory Hollow area uh, through Antioch. Traffic's really busy. 65 south now through Millersville. It's still crowded at times coming off that ramp from Vietnam. That's on to 65 southbound headed down towards Madison. And still busy, but it's moving over here on 40 west at Donaldson Pike. Princess Hot Chicken has you covered for the big game coming up. They can help you with catering. Check them out online today at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Andrew Chuck with your on-time traffic. And now for today's winning Cash 3 and Cash 4 numbers from the Tennessee Lottery. The first number is... The number you just thought of. The second number is... The number you would have picked. The third number is... The day of your wedding anniversary. And the fourth number... They're only lucky numbers if you decide to play them. Cash 3 and Cash 4, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Attention business owners. WNSR has some exciting opportunities for your business to thrive in the dynamic world of sports radio advertising. As the proud home of some of your favorite sports teams like the Atlanta Braves, Memphis Grizzlies, and more, we understand the power of sports in bringing people together and creating a passionate community. We believe that your business can become an integral part of this experience, reaching a diverse and engaged audience. Contact the WNSR sales team for an opportunity to discuss how Nashville Sports Radio can elevate your brand to new heights. Whether you're interested in a specific sponsorship package or would like a customized solution, we are here to meet your advertising needs. Call 615-844-1039, 615-844-1039, or email saleswnsr at gmail.com. 
That's saleswnsr at gmail.com. When was the last time you did something fun with family, friends, co-workers, and clients? What if I told you about a place under one roof that offers affordable entertainment for all ages? That's what you'll find at Strike and Spare Family Fun Centers in Donaldson, Hermitage, Tusculum, Hendersonville, and Murfreesboro with bowling, games, food, drink, and entertainment for all ages. Enjoy an enhanced experience in Hendersonville or Murfreesboro where they feature additional fun with bumper cars, laser tag, roller skating, and more. All locations are open seven days a week, including holidays. Visit online at strikeandspare.com. Strike and Spare, where fun is bowling. Hey, it's John Burton from News Channel 5 and the Greg Bogan John Burton Show. And I'm former All-Pro linebacker for the Tennessee Titans, also known as Mr. Monday Night, Keith Bullock. And I'm Patton Cook. We're inviting you to join us every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 for What's Good with KB and JB, the podcast show. All live on Nashville Sports Radio and all streaming platforms. We talk Titans, we talk SEC football, we talk NBA, we talk everything, and we also get a little petty from time to time. Make sure you join us. Call or text the best college football radio show in the history of humankind. 615-844-5600. The Bill King Show. Sherbert checking in with us this morning as we have him on every Thursday. JC, you're very qualified. We just had Dan Lust on, sports attorney up in New York. But you have a collective. You know this world. Is this Tennessee law case with the state of Virginia connected with them historic or potentially? Well, I think it is. Uh, you know, I, I think it was. Um, it, it has the potential to tear down the whole thing. I mean, you know, and, and if you kind of look, th- this has sort of been brewing for a while. And, and if you notice, like the NCAA, which I thought was a very a good common sense rule, you know, they tried to say, well, you can't transfer more than once. And then the next thing you know, attorney generals from everywhere were filing lawsuits. And, they just sort of retreated and gave up on it. Uh, and I, I think this is kind of the, the, the modus operandi uh, <laughs> as far as the NCAA trying to enforce anything uh, these days. Now, do I think Tennessee is in the wrong? I, I actually don't. I actually, and I understand the optics of it when the, the, the fire sports guys were flying around in a jet meeting with players. And I mean, they were very upfront about it, but I can't imagine, as smart as those guys are, that, that they did anything that was against the actual rules. And uh, Plowden and uh, the, the administration there, they, they have a good point. I mean, when the rules change every week and it's just, just guidance and stuff like that, it's completely unfair to come and shine a, a, a spotlight in a negative manner on a student-athlete or a program um, when, when you don't even have your own house in order. And, and so I think that's uh, 
I think they got a good case. Uh, you know, uh, I hate to see it because I think we're we're getting towards having to do a completely new structure in college football uh, because of this. Because I, I have no faith Congress is going to do anything about it. And um, you know, it, it 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 may even be more upheaval for a game and a sport bill that's gone through. Uh, a historical transformation just in the last three years. I mean, there's so much different uh, about it. So, you know, who knows? Maybe it'll turn into an opportunity to break away from the NCAA and the hypocrisy, and we can all just say it is what it is and, and create some guidelines and rules for where it's it's fair and, you know, competitive balance is important, and maybe we even get to go back to conferences that make sense. So <laughs> who knows? Who knows what could come of this? But I, I, I think this is a gigantic uh, flashing sign that says the end is nigh uh, for the NCAA trying to rule anything in the sport. What's the best-case scenario and 180 the worst case? I think the best-case scenario would be for, for – them to just kind of say, clear Tennessee and say, all right, yeah, yeah, we didn't find anything, or well, we're sorry, you know, or whatever. Uh, but you know that's going to set a precedent for anything they try to investigate in NIL-wise. Everybody's just going to lawyer up. Uh, best case scenario for the sport would be for, for Congress to pass a a law that, that, that makes sense for everybody. Don't get political about it. You know, put some guidelines in. Uh, and, and go from there. You're still going to be able to limit income, uh, NIL-wise. Um, but but you, you, could, you could say, all right, look, this has to be legit. This has to be this. This has to be that. Um, if you want to pay players, fine. It needs to be limited to this. Uh, but, you know, nobody, nobody there has a brain anymore. I mean, in Washington, it's just it's ridiculous. So um, it's all about getting reelected, right? And, and, and I, it's a shame. Uh, but that would that would be the best case scenario, and, and for a long time, I, I think a lot of people were like, "Oh, well, they're counting on Congress; they don't want to pay players." I think now it's existential, uh, ex- ex- existential for the NCAA. I, I don't think they're going to exist if they don't have any help from Congress. And so that's, uh, you know, so then there's a, there's the question: who's going to govern the sport? You know, and, and so. You know, and that just facilitates even more change. And it's not that I'm against that bill. It's that, like right now, this sport has changed so much in three years. You just, you just don't. You know, at some point, it'll be too much, and the weight of all that could cause some significant damage to it, short term and long term. J.C. Sherbert is with us. There is talk that maybe in the next couple of months we're going to have some agreement with the power structure of the NCAA or the big leagues, the SEC, Big Ten, et cetera, where the schools now, and you and I have talked about it, will have the power to divvy out the money. Do you think that's coming relatively soon? And what are the Title IX implications there? Because with a collective, you don't have to worry about that, right? From a collective point of view. Yeah, I think the, the 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 existing Title IX arguments out there are, are asinine. Um, NIL is based on value, media value, basically. Right. Uh, you know, people. And I look, I appreciate the fact women's basketball is getting better ratings. Uh, I do, and, and and they deserve a better TV deal. There's no doubt, and more money. 
but you know it, it's it's a capitalist society. I mean, we're a capitalist country, and that's capitalism. You know, the market determines what you're worth, and and you know, right now, the women's team sports at the collegiate level are not worth the amount that male team sports are. It's just a fact. It's not sexist. It's a fact. And so I think everybody wanting to get on board with the Title IX collective stuff, I mean, I think those are asinine arguments. Now, you bring it in-house, you could run into something like that because, you know, by the letter of the law, you know, you have to be equal. You know, that's why women's basketball programs lose $7, $8 million a year because they have to fund it just like the men. And so you're kind of getting into a, a tricky, slippery slope there. I mean, what what I would propose to work around it, and I doubt there's any appetite to do that, um, would be to, uh, you know, establish, you know, and again, Congress may have to do this because it's, it's the law, just to say, you know, you tie the NIL deals to the television money. And I've never, I, I've never understood why nobody thought about that, Bill, because name, image, and likeness is television. They are using their name, image, and likeness to pr- to produce a entertainment product that everybody watches, and they sell advertising off of it. So, you know, maybe you just tie it to the TV money, and you know, people kind of get Olympic sports, get what they get, and and all that. But even then, I think that's a slippery slope because there are there are some Title IX zealots out there that I think would, you know, they don't believe in the capitalist part of it, you know, at all. That's against their worldview. And they would certainly take it to court, and you get a friendly judge or jury in a, in a you know certain circuit. Uh, it could get really weird. And so, yeah, I don't. If you bring it all the money in house, I don't know what you do about Title IX, uh, short term and long term, without some kind of uh, common sense congressional uh, intervention. And, and we all know that, that that word common, the phrase common sense, doesn't really apply to Congress these days. Johnny Vegas down on the Emerald Coast is excited because in two weeks and a day, college baseball begins. They're already practicing, but games. And he wants to know about the Gamecocks starting pitching, J.C. I don't know if you've had time to look at that with all we got going on, but do you have a good answer for Johnny Vegas down on the coast? Yeah, I think they're going to be solid. You know, they lost some starters from last year. I have some really good players, Will Sanders and – and those guys, but, um, you know, Eli Jones is a guy that became their Friday night guy as a freshman last year. He's back. He's about six, four and a right-hander. Matt Becker was their lefty and their Sunday starter. He needs to take a step forward, but he's got the stuff. And my understanding is he's had a good off season. Uh, and then the other guy I'm kind of interested in, um, as far as a third starter, maybe even the second, maybe in the Friday guy is a transfer from Notre Dame that had Tommy John last year named Roman Kimball. He was a really good pitcher for that Irish team that went at the College World Series, transferred to South Carolina, got shut down. Uh, he's back, and his stuff is really, really good. Um, he's kind of a kid, Bill, that does uh, YouTube videos. He's a video journalist uh, major or whatever. Uh, and so you get kind of an inside look at his rehab, and you're like, man, you're, you're throwing it pretty well, you know. So uh, I get a, you get an up-close and personal view of him. So their starters are going to be fine. they got to figure out the bullpen. They did bring in some arms from some other schools through the transfer portal that my understanding is they've done well. Um, you know, I don't know who the closer would be. Uh, this one kid they got from college at Charleston, Ty Good, uh, he, he kind of has some nasty stuff. You know, it would be hard for me to hit it, but I haven't picked up a baseball bat since sixth grade, so I don't know. But uh, the starting lineup or the starting three 
for the weekend. Uh, if those three guys end up winning the jobs, I I feel confident in all of them. But you know, I'll be honest, South Carolina's not going to be uh, a pitching juggernaut this year. They're going to try to hit the ball all over the yard and score some runs, uh, similar to LSU last season. Who was the uh, freshman who was just spectacular last year at the plate hitting? So Ethan Petry. That's right. Wow. Yeah, he's wow. Back. He's back. Cole Messina's back at catcher. They they got Kennedy Jones, one of the top transfers in the country from UNC Greensboro in the outfield. They got a kid from Vandy they like on the infield. Gavin Costas, the Vandy transfer, is back. I mean, they, everybody's back. I mean, just about. Except Braylon Wimmer, who was there 175 years. But uh, they uh, they feel good about this team. They really do. You know, it's amazing. And I know it's it's a football league and all that, but baseball is actually deeper, you could argue, than the football side of the league. Oh, wait till next year <laughs> when Texas and Oklahoma come in. My <laughs> God. <laughs> well, well, because in baseball, Vandy's a powerhouse. South Carolina's right. been one national championship. The Mississippis are really good. And then the, the schools that are good at football tend to – you know, Florida's awesome in baseball. Uh, Bama and Auburn certainly have to. I mean, you know, Tennessee's good again. I mean, you know, then you throw Texas and OU in there, and it's like, wow. You know, <laughs> it's just going to be uh, – Texas is one of the best programs of all time, and Oklahoma certainly has been to Omaha quite a bit. So it, it's it's a bloodbath, and I agree, probably more so than football. It's going to be uh, a lot deeper. J.C. Sherbert is with us. Noah fan in the eight six three. Oh, JC, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get your ego in check here. He says, Bill, that guy JC is by far the best guest you have on. Does it matter the question of the subject? He has a wide range of common sense answers. Uh now see JC's not gonna be uh he's he's gonna be tough to be around today after that compliment. Go ahead, J C. Eight six three, I think that'd be Lakeland, Florida, man. I used Correct. To- I used to go on this show down there at night back in my rivals days and talk Gators and Seminoles and stuff. But uh, certainly always have a lot of love for the good people in, in the Lakeland area, assuming that's where the 863 is. So uh, thank yep. you very much. It is, right down there in uh, middle Florida. No cab up in Chicago, not far from you. Says SJC is his collective in with the player from Illinois in baseball. Oh, is that the guy? Well, he went pro. He signed with the White Sox. Oh, okay. Yeah, he 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 got drafted. He's from Downers Grove, and you know we don't uh, the, the the freshman. You know, the, as far as the nil stuff goes, but it, it, the transfer portal. You know, there's kind of people that that ask about it. The freshman, unless you're trying to, you know, they're trying to sign them and keep them from going pro. It, it doesn't come up as much. But that kid. Yeah, he was coming to school, but man, he couldn't pass. He grew up a White Sox fan, and I know what that means here now that I've been here. Yeah. <laughs> it right. means it means more than we think. I mean, everybody outside of the city built Cubs, 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 but the White Sox are the South Side team, and they have a very passionate fan base. And they drafted him, and he signed right away. I mean, I guess fulfilling a dream, and you can't blame the kid. But he he would have been a good. He's about six seven, two forty outfielder. Looks like a tight end. <laughs> Wow. And could knock the cover off the ball. So he was he would have been a good one, but now he ended up going um going pro. JC Sherbert is here. 
And a lot of interesting topics because with this lawsuit going on, do you think in down to about a minute or so, Don D. Plowman, the chancellor, double middle finger to the NCAA in that letter? Was that smart? I think so. Right now, I mean, they're wounded. It probably wouldn't have been five years ago or even even when they got in trouble with the McDonald's bags deal because, right. you know, they kind of threw themselves at the mercy of the court and made some changes and, and got off without a postseason ban. But at this point, like I said, things have changed so much. I mean, the NCAA is a, is a wounded animal. You know, it, it, it would be like if they if the, they passed a law in this country that the IRS couldn't enforce tax laws. Who would pay their taxes? <laughs> Good point. I mean, as scared as we all are of them right now, you know, that would change over the course of two or three years. You'd fire off letters to them all the time. Ah, you know, the heck with you. You know, so uh, I think um, I, I don't I don't think it's a bad move. Actually, I appreciate it because. The, the more institutions that act like that, Bill, the more that facilitates change and, and puts a big spotlight on it. You know, for people that could actually do – the few that could actually do something about it, that, that, that facilitates – you know, nobody can say that's good for the state. So I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy she's doing it. J.C. Sherbert, TheBigSpur.com, and also Carolina Rise. J.C., appreciate it, man. See you next week. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, J.C. is good. He is very good. That's why we have it. Is that all the guess? Is there, did, did I leave something out? I mean, it's like we're in this perpetual motion gas machine thing here. What's up with that? Good morning, wrapping up that crash at Nolensville Pike at OHB. It did have some minor injuries. Still a little bit busy right now in the 3000 block of Lebanon Pike as they wrap up that crash. It's busy with some traffic coming up 40 east there at Charlotte Pike and continuing in from Bellevue. Uh, 24 still has some volume making its way out of Rutherford County up through the Hickory Hollow area towards Nashville. Lots of radar out here. Watch for some repaving out there in Rutherford County uh, this morning on 24 around Old Fort Parkway. 24-7 reliable crane and rigging services here in Middle Tennessee. It's Tomahawk Crane and Rigging online, tomahawkcrane.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. And now, Keep It Clean Tree Service is reminding Americans to show support to the brave men and women who serve in our U.S. military. Please visit USO.org and locate Military Care Package to see how you could make a difference today. This message is brought to you by Keep It Clean Tree Service. For tree trimming, tree removal, stump removal, grinding, and site management, beautify your property with Keep It Clean Tree Service. Give the pros a call today at 615-480-0029, 615-480-0029, or visit KeepItCleanSolutions.com. That's Keep It Clean Tree Service, proudly saluting our troops and veterans. They're professionals who care. Some days I cover up because of my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Now I'm hitting the road with clearer skin thanks to Sky Rizzi. Rizm of Rizza, a prescription only 150 milligram injection for adults who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy. With Sky Rizzi, three out of four people achieved 90% clearer skin at four months. And Sky Rizzi is just four doses a year after two starter doses. 
Don't use if allergic to Skyrizi. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. Thanks to Skyrizi, there's nothing on my skin, and that means everything. Your doctor today about Sky Rizzy, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis. And visit skyrizzy.com or call 1 866 Sky Rizzy to learn more. With 13 locations nationally, including Smyrna, Star Leasing Company is a semi trailer one stop shop and the perfect place to build a career as a semi trailer mechanic. Seeking candidates with all levels of experience, Star Leasing Company has a semi trailer technician trainee program with sign on and quarterly bonuses and other opportunities such as $1,000 for having a yearly physical. The package also includes 401k with company match, health, dental, and vision insurance, competitive pay with weekly paychecks and paid holidays and time off. Star Leasing Company, not your typical semi-trailer leasing company. It's StarLeasing.com to learn more. This is the Grant Fogue and John Burton Show. We just start with Brable being fired. Mm-hmm. Your initial reaction. Called it, felt it coming for weeks now, if not months. Not surprised. That's, he, my, that's he, my reaction. I thought he got himself fired. How so? Just by being Mike Brable. Yeah. I think if he really, really wanted to be the coach here, he would be. I agree with you 100%. Greg Fogue and News Channel 5's John Burton. WNSR. Nashville Sports Radio. Get closer to Bill King. 615-844-5600. On the road tomorrow. Yeah, it's it's Feb one. You know this, right? We're out of January. It's February one. First Friday of every month, we're at the Omni. That's tomorrow morning. Kitchen notes, which if you go in the main entrance of the Omni and veer to your right and keep going until you run out of space, that's kitchen notes. And in the back room, it's called the corner note. And that's where we will be. If you happen to be around, come on by and say hello. Coach Pete will be with us. Hour one, the angelic tones of Ole Miss EV. Hour two, Kevin Hagan. I tape him today. I already have some questions for him in advance. If you have any, send them to me. You can post them on Twitter. You can DM me. You can email me. If you have anything for Kevin, we taped this morning at about 11.05 Central Time. Patton, myself, and Kevin Hagan, and then you hear that replay on Fridays. We have to tape that segment because of his job situation. For many years, he was allowed to do that live with us, and then I believe leadership changed or something, but He wasn't able to do it, so he has to do it on his lunch break. That's how we get that done. But you'll hear that tomorrow morning. And then hour three, all that gambling. That is with Brad Powers. There you have it. 614 Rob up in Ohio. Bill, I don't think anybody can predict where college football will be in five to ten years, but it's surely going to be very different than it is today. And I fear that the changes won't be for the betterment of 
anyone involved. He says, Bill, greed kills. I do wonder about the future like you do. I have never hoped that college football would have a structure like the NFL. It's never been my uh, hope or desire. But that's probably what we're going to be seeing. Now, I will still like it. Obviously, I do not enjoy the NFL much at all. And even if they go to that kind of structure, which 10 years ago I could have never imagined, I'll still love it because it's college football. It's high school kids going to college and playing. It's crazy because of the portal and all that, and that's different. But I will still like the game. I'm thinking. Now, you never know, but I think I'll still love the game. I hope. Yeah, I hope. Hope it doesn't break me. (laughs) What if I come on the air someday and say, guys, I've just got to come clean. I've been struggling with this, but I need to tell you that I do not enjoy the game anymore. That would kill. That would hurt me. I, I, I hope that day doesn't come. Yeah, I hope I hope that day does not come. The GOAT says, Bill, big win for Todd Golden in Florida basketball, winning in Rupp last night in overtime. Down four with 28 seconds left in regulation. Sent it to overtime and get the win. That was a, a nice win there at Kentucky. Kentucky is a team with a lot of athletes, and a lot they can score a lot of points. And they were without who were they were without their six eight lefty kid, and then they were without DJ Wagner. Not again. That's Florida's not there to worry about who was there. They still had a good lineup there. Reed Shepard's a heck of a player who will play point guard if Wagner's either struggling or not available, like last night. And then Rob Dillingham has been a fantastic player for them, and they're bigs. They've got three seven-footers. That's a nice win. I concur. Jeff, too, who lives here in the 615. Bill, as I've mentioned many times, I lived in Jackson, Mississippi for 20 years, graduated from Brandon High School. My high school, Bill, my alma mater, hit a tremendous feat this week with two of our fellow alums making it to the 24 Pro Bowl roster, and that would be Gardner Minshew and Demario Davis. That is. That is. That is. Uh, think about a high school. If, if your high school's got somebody that's played Pro Bowl, got somebody that made a Pro Bowl, not only, not only played Pro Bowl, but a Pro Bowl roster. That's pretty wild. Yeah, that's that's very, very wild. We've got to get one more break here on this Thursday edition. I mentioned we're going to be on the road tomorrow at the Omni. Oh, that breakfast bar. That is something else. They got a breakfast bar that is a massive spread. 
with a bunch of goodies in there. I mean a bunch of goodies in there. Come on by and hang out with us a little bit tomorrow morning if you have time. In the downtown 615. Coach Pete, who, if you are going to spring commitments down on the Emerald Coast in early May, May 2nd is the first day, you'll meet Coach Pete. You'll meet the Georgia Dog. Time for Myrtle Beach. All those folks down there. You'll meet Brandon King. He He's probably the most famous of all of them. Brandon King, yeah. But you'll get to meet everybody. Jeff, too, I think, is trying to figure out if he can get down there. Get to meet him, maybe. We'll get the break. One more. Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning, wrapping up that crash at Nolensville Pike at OHB. It did have some minor injuries. Still a little bit busy right now in the 3000 block of Lebanon Pike as they wrap up that crash. It's busy with some traffic coming up 40 east there at Charlotte Pike and continuing in from Bellevue. Uh, 24 still has some volume making its way out of Rutherford County up through the Hickory Hollow area towards Nashville. Lots of radar out here. Watch for some repaving out there in Rutherford County uh, this morning on 24 around Old Fort Parkway. 24-7 reliable crane and rigging services here in Middle Tennessee. It's Tomahawk Crane and Rigging online, TomahawkCrane.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. In a single moment, everything can change. When a player's sudden cardiac event brought a national football game to a halt, it shone a spotlight on the importance of CPR readiness. Now, with youth sports in full swing, the American Heart Association is rallying parents and coaches to be ready in an emergency. To be ready, learn hands-only CPR. It's a skill anyone can learn in minutes. Visit heart.org slash hands-only CPR and become a lifesaver today. Your brain is an amazing thing. But as you get older, it naturally begins to change, causing a lack of sharpness or even trouble with recall. Thankfully, the breakthrough in Prevagen helps your brain and actually improves memory. The secret is an ingredient originally discovered in jellyfish. Based on a clinical study of subgroups of individuals who are cognitively normal or mildly impaired, Prevagen has been shown to improve memory. A Pharmacy Times National Survey of Pharmacists rated Prevagen the number one pharmacist-recommended memory support brand for the fifth year in a row. You can find it in the vitamin aisle in stores everywhere without a prescription. Help your memory. Try Prevagen today. Prevagen. Healthier brain, better life. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. At Edwin Watts Golf Shops by Worldwide Golf. 
there's something that binds us all. The collective goal to transcend the ordinary. Introducing the new Callaway AI Smoke Driver. The new AI Design Club has multiple sweet spots across the face, making it an average of seven yards longer than the prior model. Visit us in store for a free custom fitting at your local Edwin Watts Golf Shops or shop us online at WorldWideGolf.com. Get there. Grizz Nation, it's go time. Don't miss Jaron, Gigi, Vince Williams, and your Memphis Grizzlies this Friday at 7 p.m. when they host the Golden State Warriors on Health Night, presented by Ortho South. Fans will want to arrive early as the first 5,000 will receive a Desmond Bain mini hoop set. Get hyped, get ready for a star-studded show and secure your tickets today by visiting grizzlies.com. Your home for Memphis Grizzlies basketball, WNSR, National Sports Radio. Closer to Bill King, 615-844-5600. Pretty interesting. Dave Hooker on with us earlier from a coverage of Tennessee perspective regarding this lawsuit. Again, let me repeat, this lawsuit is important because it could hear it could have big time ramifications when it comes to the future structure of college football in general, college sports. That's the level of importance this may have. Now, we're not going to spend every day on this, but it's in the news. It's been very newsy. I think it's a very vital and key topic. I care a lot about what the future looks like. Think you do, too. Then we had on Dan Lust to talk about it from a lawyer, from a legal point of view. He's also a professor. And then J.C. Sherbert. He's got his own collective from his point of view. Very interesting. No fan in the 863. Bill, I've grown very fond of college softball. The kids really seem to love it, love their teammates, and are always upbeat playing for the love of the game, Bill. I enjoy it some, too. I don't get to watch it much. But, and here locally, Vanderbilt does not have a softball team, but Tennessee does. And remember, for the longest of times, they were coached by the weeklies, the married couple. He retired a couple of years ago, but... And her, is her name Karen Weekly? You can help me with that. You remember David Smith, or Chris Smith, sorry, Chris Smith. Not the former lefty quarterback for Alabama, who's now a lead official 
and SEC football. But Chris Mitt, he used to come on the air with us some. They moved to Knoxville a couple of years ago. His wife is the pitching coach for Tennessee softball. He met her up there because she pitched in Tennessee, and he was up there coaching in uh, East Tennessee. I don't know if it was at Knox Catholic or which school it was, but he was up there, and that's how they met. Then they moved here, and she actually was the Belmont. She went to Lipscomb, but the Belmont head coach, and then left, and then they moved to Knoxville, back to Knoxville, and she's been the pitching coach up there. They had a really good year last year. But, yeah, some of you may remember Chris. But, yeah, they live up there now. And, uh, yeah, that that's about to get started as well. Not that it's a countdown, y'all. No, 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 no. But two weeks from tomorrow, I'm going to be looking at the listings to see what kind of games I can get on my TVs. College baseball begins in two weeks. A lot of fun. It's supposed to warm up. Now, Down, you guys down south, you had not had this problem as bad as we have, but uh, we're getting into the 60s, I believe, here coming up for a couple of days. Now, it's February, so that's not necessarily going to hold, but it's going to start trying to warm up a little bit. I love the spring, too. It, it might, be my, uh, might be my, well, it is my favorite time, the spring. Yeah, isn't it interesting? The favorite time of the year on the calendar for me is not proportionate with the playing portion of the season. That's weird. That is very weird. Jeff, too, said more info. There are 23,500 high schools in the United States. On the 2023 opening roster, the cities below had the most players on the rosters. Brandon High School, where he went, in Mississippi, three different players on rosters. Minshew, Colts, Demario Davis, Saints, and Jonathan Mingo, the Panthers. You know what the number one high school city with the most NFL players, meaning high school in a city? Detroit, 19. After that, Bradenton, Florida. Houston, Texas, Bradenton was 17, Houston, Texas, 16, Las Vegas, 15, Atlanta, 14, Miami, 14. See, I would have thought maybe Miami, number one. Cincinnati, 11, Plantation, Florida, 11, Tampa, 11, Cleveland, Ohio, 10. Think about all these Florida cities, though. Bradenton, Florida, in the, in the top, let's say, 10 to 15. More Florida cities than any other state. Bradenton, Florida. Miami. Plantation, Florida. Tampa, Florida. Jacksonville, Florida. New Orleans was also in there with 10. Detroit surprises me. Now, there's really good ball up there, but just... Numbers-wise, I wouldn't think more than Miami or Houston. Jim and Jupiter, while you guys were freezing, I was sweating down here in Key West. 
gentlemen, I'll leave it with that. I can't beat that. Lushpa.